Trigger warning. The following podcast may contain sensitive material. Sexual violence, sexual assault, and abuse are among the topics mentioned on Dear Me, You Survived. Please keep your mental health in mind before listening and know there are resources out there to help you cope. trauma tribe we're back with another episode of dear me you survived it's me your host chelsea recently my sister was on another podcast she went on there to speak her truth about her abuse from our biological father and with that she gave a shout out to this podcast right here So we have a lot of new listeners, and with listeners came an email from She wanted to be able to tell her story and get her truth out in hopes that it will help her move forward. So I got to have a conversation with her earlier this week, and, you know, as painful as it was, It was so relieving to speak with someone who went through the same thing and to know like everything that I thought about myself growing up that was strange or out of the norm, like, you know, she went through the same thing. So I'm not alone. You're not alone. She's not alone. We're all in this together. And in order to get through it together, you know, we have to have these types of conversations so that we know, like, we're not crazy. I want to apologize for two things in advance. One, towards the end of the episode, my three-year-old came into the studio and kind of interrupted and cut the episode short. So you will hear him. I do apologize. Podcasting with a three-year-old in the house is next to impossible, but I got to get the message out. Two, I would like to apologize for how freaking awkward I am. You know, Rena, she did freaking amazing. I was so impressed with, you know, how well-spoken she is and, you know, she's inspiring. Rena, I want you to know I cried like a baby once we got off the phone. Your story resonated with me so much, and it also reminded me a lot of my sister's story. It's just so heartbreaking what you went through, and my heart goes out to you. I would love to check in with you later to see how you were doing, and without further ado, here is Rena Cabrera's truth. Okay, so... Um, how has everything been with you? Good. Busy, um, but you know, it's good. Yeah. Um, and you said you found the podcast um from uh uh what's it called? Other People's Lives? Other People's Lives, yes. I believe I heard your sister on there. Yeah. Okay. Um, and why did you want to be on this podcast today? Um, I actually was very intrigued on what you said and how you voiced everything. I thought it was just very empowering how you, both you and your sister came out, you know, but listening to your podcast, I just felt some type of connection with your story and just felt like, you know, I wasn't alone. And yeah, I just, I really liked what you had to say and just be able to speak it so openly, you know? Yeah. And I guess I've always struggled with that. Um, Do you still struggle with that now? Yeah, I do. Um, It's been a roller coaster, I feel like, for me um, with sharing my story. I mean, 
people that I really only know is like my closest family. Right. Um, but that's that's really it. It's kind of like hush hush, you know. Yeah. So, okay, let's take it back. Um, what is like the background of your childhood? Like, what's your family dynamic like? So my family dynamic is I grew up with a single parent. Um, I was raised by my mom, Mm -hmm. who had me very young at a very young age. Um, I have my dad was, you know, a lifer in prison. Yeah. And so it was only her that that raised me. Um, So typically, I mean, we do have like a pretty strong family bond, you know, with um, my mom's side of the family. But with my dad's side of the family, it's been kind of hard to communicate. So we always never really kept in close contact. So I never really had really my dad's side of the family. It's always been my mom that I have a closer bond to. Right. Do you have siblings too? I do. I have um, a younger sister. Mm -hmm. Um, We're about like nine years apart. And then I have my brother who my baby brother, who were about like 19 years apart. Oh, wow. So, so huge gaps. <laughs> yeah. So you're the oldest. I am. Yes. Okay. Um, and what is your relation to your abuser? Um, it's actually my sister's dad. Oh, wow. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. So, you know, he's still pretty close into my sister's life. I mean. Right. Yeah. Um, and before the abuse started, like, were there like any signs or did he ever make you feel like uncomfortable before it actually started taking place? Um, that, I mean, that is what I've been trying to understand. Like ever since I've been hearing like your story, I was trying to remember every single detail, but I feel like in, I blocked a lot of things out of my life. Yeah. Um, there's only certain things I do remember from the beginning. He seemed pretty nice, you know. I mean, he was younger than my mom, mm-hmm. not by much, but you know, he just seemed very young. And um, not that he made me feel uncomfortable. I felt that he kind of made me feel, you know, try to make me feel at ease around him and mm-hmm. make me feel like we're a family, like him, me, and my mom. Yeah. Um, but he was, you know, abusing my mom, like physically, you know, so that's when I was a little bit kind of taken back by him when he started, you know, abusing my mom. So I think that's kind of when I saw him in a different way, you know, right? so friendly, not so nice. Like, I didn't really know if that was the way he was showing love or Mm -hmm. just because I was so young. Right. And not only that, but like, you know, if your dad's not being around, you don't really have that like standard to look at, like what a relationship is supposed to look like, you know, I had the same issue. Yeah. My mom was also a single parent. So we had a lot of different um, men that she dated or whatever. So I never really had that standard either. So yeah, you kind of just have to go with the flow, I guess, what's around you. And my mom did have that, too, where she had a lot of men in my life Mm -hmm. in and out, you know, constantly. So I definitely can relate to that with you. Like, it's just that's all I know. And there's other men coming in and out of my life, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So how old were you when he started to abuse you? Um, It was around eight years old. Yeah. Yeah. and, And it happened for like about. I want to say a couple years. Was it like um, consistent or was it like every once in a while? Like how often? It was very from the the moments, like the things that I remember, it was constant. Like it was at least like once or so a week. Oh, wow. It started very slowly and then I felt that it became more and more like frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just times that he was able to have me mostly alone, you know? Yeah. And I, and that's what I was even trying to remember too, is like, how come he never worked or why was he always at the house? You know, my mom was always gone. 
you know, and I was left home with him a lot of the times. So he didn't work? Not that I remember. Like, I can't remember at all whatsoever if he worked or not. I I don't even recall. I don't remember any of that. Yeah. Um. So when your mom was around, did he ever act, like, differently towards you? Like, how did he act towards you, um, you know, with other people around? Just um very kind of like fatherly like I mean he was very like if I was like his daughter you know he wasn't Mm -hmm. he wasn't very like super affectionate towards me like and he wasn't mean to me um he just was his normal self I mean when we were alone I felt like it was more different than when we were around other people I felt like he did keep his you know distance like there wasn't times where he ever like touch me really around people yeah sometimes he would like sit me on his lap or you know give me hugs or you know stuff like that but nothing very um where it would be noticeable I guess to everybody now that I look at look at it right like the things that I remember I don't feel like they would even notice anything like that do you feel like when it was just you two that he ever like had tactics to groom you because it's kind of weird that he could flip that switch you know when he's with around other people he's very distant for the most part but then when it's you too like it's something completely different yeah and and that was the part like I didn't understand as a kid either like um I just remember him you know kind of telling me even when we were younger like don't ever tell your mom anything because you know she's gonna think that I love you more than her oh wow that's so it was more so like sad. he was telling me these things. You know what I mean? So yeah. I felt like I couldn't say certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why later it was just feeling more wrong, I guess I can say, like as the time kept on going and how unease I was feeling and uncomfortable I was getting more and more being around him. Mm-hmm. Um. And it just got to just a really bad place with him and and my mom. So I felt like that's when it was starting to get more scary and more realization just because of how abusive he was towards my mom, you know, too. Right. Physically abusive. And had your sister been born yet? Like, was she in the picture at this time? Later, yeah. She came about, I want to say, a year later. So it was about when I was... Um, I want to say like nine years old. Uh, yeah. She was um, probably, I mean, she was a baby, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so this would go, it would still go on, you know? Um, not as much during that time. I think like more when my mom just first had my baby because she had my sister just because she was, you know, more at home. Yeah. Um, but then it still, I remember that it still continued um, months after, you know, I yeah. remember my sister still being like in a crib and, you know, I, I try to remember every single thing and in a way, like, I'm kind of glad I blocked a lot of things yeah. out mm-hmm. from my childhood, but it's just something that still affects me to this day, you know, and like my other relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I've had the same issue and, um, my sisters as well. Like, you know, we've blocked so much out and, the only reason it kind of came back up was when we decided to go forward with the case. You know, we kind of had to dig deep in our mind to bring all of that stuff up. And yeah, it's like re-traumatizing mm-hmm. having to remember all of that. Yeah. And I thought I was like, you know, like people can like just bury it and bury it. But mm-hmm. there's still underlining things that yeah. there's some things that will trigger it. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what made the abuse like finally come to an end? So how it came to an end, it was like one day that it was one evening actually that um, he was actually going to go, my sister dad was going to go buy diapers for her. Mm-hmm. And I was getting this very bad, you know, feeling inside. And um, I wanted to tell my mom so bad, like where it was just like, I need to say it. I need to say it. It's bugging me. Yeah. Um. And I finally had gotten the courage, you know, to when he left, I was like, this is my window to tell my mom to see if she's going to listen to me or what's going to happen. You know, I really was scared to tell her. Yeah. And um, 
that night I had told her, you know, what was going on that, you know, he was touching me inappropriately. And she literally, she cried, you know, she was upset. She was saying, am I sure, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I said, yeah. She goes, are you sure you're not, you didn't dream this? And I said, no. And before he was even back from the store, that's when the cops arrived because she did call the cops. And um, from that day on, I mean, I, I, she had sent me off, you know, with my uncle to stay with my uncle and my aunt overnight and probably for several days, like Mm -hmm. I didn't even see her or, or him until she wanted to kind of figure things out, you know, like what was going on, if this was true. Um, But I think that's like where the part I felt kind of neglected and abandoned at that Mm -hmm. time, you know, by her. And I just felt like she didn't believe me. I mean, it sounds like she did the right thing by calling the police. But then it's like, you know, to send you off, that's, that's, you know, that's hurtful. It is. And I think that's where I've had a hard, like a hard time just coming to, just to terms with it. You know what I mean? Like we don't have the best relationship now. Yeah, I can say that, and I and I think this has a lot to do with it, and I know it does, just mm-hmm. because I have so much resentment and I hold so much resentment, even though I really don't want to. And I know she, she loves me, but it's so hard to get past. Yeah, you know, and that's understandable. When my older sister came forward, you know, she didn't have the support that she needed, and everybody kind of just brushed it off, like, oh no, it was somebody else. But like, she's telling you that it's him. So I just feel like it's a different effect on people that do come forward and nothing comes of it mm-hmm. as compared to people that come forward and it gets taken care of. Like, you know, those people end up in two different places and it's so sad. It so, is. Yeah. So with um, the police coming over and your mom trying to figure out like what was going on, what resulted from that? Well, she did send me to um, therapy where I ended up doing um, some type of like group therapy, Mm -hmm. I remember, um, as a child. But it was a very strange time in my life only because my mom still decided to stay with him. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that's when I was going through where I was – she was having me around him again and – but just – to certain places, like in public, like if they were like family parties, like stuff like that. But I remember him even trying to talk to me after a while and be like, can't we, you know, be a family again, mm-hmm. tell your mom that you still love me. And and I remember going through all that, you know what I mean? Being in, in that uncomfortable state around yeah. him and her. And um, so a lot of the times I just asked to be with my uncle and aunt yeah, because I didn't want to be around that you know, and around him. And so she still had a hard time leaving him. I think she didn't leave him till my sister was like a year or maybe a little bit less than a year, but she Mm -hmm. was still with him for months. Yeah. After that. And you were what, nine at that time? Yeah. I was like nine, almost 10. Yeah. I mean, I could see how that would affect your brain development growing up, you know? To still yeah. have your abuser in your household, so yeah, you were that living. Was the very tough part is living, living there. Yeah, so you were living with your aunt and your uncle while they were still together, or you had to mm-hmm. move back there. I would. My mom would leave me there for about days, like at a time, weeks at a time. I think at that time, I mean, it could have been summer, and I was actually gone for the summer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and she would just bring me here back and forth sporadically like to spend time with her um and yeah I don't really have like a lot of childhood memories with her like Mm -hmm. you know genuine from that point like I don't remember the gaps in between there I just remember always being like with my aunt and my uncle and my cousins you know all the time after that and that's even after um they separated and when they separated I came my mom did move out. She finally moved into her own place, like an apartment. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being me, my mom, and my sister okay. at that point. Yeah. So she finally had left. And I don't know um, 
what gave her the courage to leave at that time, you know, mm -hmm. because I know that the abuse was getting worse and worse. And um, it was to the point where he was like threatening us, you know what I mean, with our lives. And so it was really tough for her too, you know, and I'm that too. I mean, I always had to take that in consideration too, is like, you know, what if my mom was afraid to leave? Right. You know, like, I don't know the things that he's told, told her, like when I wasn't there, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so it is hard to like, think like, yeah, she just left me. And, you know, I just think it was pretty hard for her to get out of the situation she was in too. Right. Yeah. yeah. So as far as like, um, a mental effect, what do you think the abuse has affected in your childhood? My childhood. I mean, I would say that I'm very, um, it affected me in different ways. I mean, I felt like I really couldn't trust anybody, mm -hmm. you know, closest to me. Yeah. Um, I felt very sheltered. I felt very neglected, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I still struggle with the neglect and abandonment issues now, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like the hardest part is like where it's hard to be alone. It's hard, you know. Yeah. Um, to be comfortable think, around people. Yeah, to be exactly. I mean, I feel there was like one thing that you had said too before is like how you're so promiscuous, like you can be promiscuous, mm -hmm. you know, and that's how I felt that I grow growing up in relationships or just out there sometimes is because yeah. I've always felt like that was the way to show love mm -hmm. and to be loved. And that's how I was when. I was a kid growing up. I mean, that's what was always said to me. This is, you know, mm -hmm. I love you and this is how you show love. And yep. I always felt like it affected me in, in that aspect, you know? Yeah, 100%. I always felt the same way. Like, I remember even from a young age, like everything being looked at as so sexual. Sexual, exactly. Yeah. And I did, I thought it was pretty normal, you know? Yeah, me too. Until as I was getting older and I was hearing that word, you know, mm -hmm. why are you being so promiscuous or why are you like this? And I never mm -hmm. saw it as that until as I got older and I go, yeah, I, I guess I am, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like to me, it's, it's, I see it differently, but yeah, very, everything was very sexual to me. And it's always been that way, you know, like your vision yeah. and, you know, how mm -hmm. you see things, how people talk to you, you know? Yeah. Do you think that you kind of like, matured a lot faster um, oh yeah you had to yeah yeah definitely yeah I mean I felt like I was having like boyfriends since I was little like mm -hmm. you know like yes. even if they're little boyfriends but it was like mm -hmm. someone that you had held hands with you were like I felt like I was I've always had that as since I was little yeah yeah me too I I remember like a lot of things in my childhood where there was like sexual situations with other children. And mm -hmm. I've always seen it as them being the one that um, initiated it. But I mean, I don't know. I I feel like, was it me? Mm -hmm. Because I've been in so many of those situations. And now when I look back, I'm like, I don't know, maybe it was me, but I just, I just don't remember. I just remember being in a lot of situations as a child that were, inappropriate with yeah. other children I can I definitely can relate to that you know yeah. and, and that's tough because you're like too you're like was it really me you know what I mean <laughs> was it them and then yeah but I mean like I said like I blocked a lot of things mm -hmm. out of my mind too you know and I just remember certain things and being in like you said certain situations you know and mm -hmm. you're just like okay did they initiate that or was mm -hmm. it really really me you know you, yep me too so like coming up what kinds of things or what kinds of people or whatever helped you cope with like, you know, the way that you were feeling about yourself or about your life or whatever? Um, I think it was when um, I got into a relationship when I was about 15 years old mm -hmm. and um, that ended up being my husband later on. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And the kid, you know, the father of my kids. Yeah. But I felt like um, that person really is what I attach to. 
mm-hmm. um, where I had like a best friend that I didn't like. I felt secure. Yeah. Um, I felt safe. You know, I felt like that friendship and that relationship just really is what I really latched on to. Yeah. You know, and I felt like it helped me get through whatever I needed to. You know yeah. what I mean? Just to to get by and you know, like my thoughts weren't so crazy, you know, because I was able to share these things with somebody and they were able to accept me for who I was. Right. And everything completely, no matter what had happened. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And you guys um, are and still married. No, we're divorced now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I but mean, it lasted a long time. I love that. It did. It was many years. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was probably together for, with him for about 12 years. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that was like very hard to let go, too, because you feel like your whole that person knew you your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Half your life. Right. And you must have bonded. You know, I said you must have like bonded, you know, with your trauma and all of that, like extremely helpful to help you get through it. So exactly. And that's what I'm very, very thankful for. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, he I think we we shared like the same things where we both didn't have a father. Mm-hmm. We we're both raised by single moms, you know, so I felt right. like that helped a lot, like very understanding person. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, I had I mean, it's not a similar situation, but when I was a teenager, like, you know, my my coping mechanism was to hang out with boys or, you know, I just always wanted to be around boys, boy crazy. And then like 17, you know, obviously I started having sex or whatever. Um, And then I got pregnant with my children's father, but it wasn't, you know, as good of an outcome as yours. He was very, he was six years older than me, first of all. So um, I ended up having three children with him, but it was like cheating the whole time. And oh, wow. Unfortunately, it wasn't as great of an outcome as yours, but I could definitely see how that trauma bond kind of like gets you through what you're going through mm-hmm. at the moment. And then, yeah, unfortunately for me, I had to deal with the outcome of that. But um, do you think that your trauma has affected like your ability to form healthy relationships or maybe has an impact on the type of partners that you choose or maybe even friends? Well, yeah, I feel like um, how I ended up coping after like um, that whole situation when um, after I got divorced or separated, mm-hmm. I felt like it resurfaced yeah. again. And I think it was just because of me feeling alone. And um, so I ended up coping it mostly with drinking you know, and, um, so I found myself spiraling, like where I was going in and out. I was partying a lot. Um, I was just being, you know, free and just being out there. And yeah, I mean, that was a time where I was just, you know, pretty wild then and, um, had to like get myself back together, honestly, but I felt like it, that really affected my relationships later because I felt like I was in relationships, but they were like, where I was the one that was always with different guys, different men, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For the attention, because I crave that attention. Right. You know, so I felt like that really impacted my relationships and even the stability that I have now. Like I don't ever, I feel like I've never had that stability anymore that I had, you know, then with my kids, Mm -hmm. my kid's dad. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's kind of, you know, hard to find. And it's, been a struggle just for me to get my life back on track you know it's always been like a roller coaster like I told you with my you know my mom right um so yeah I felt like it it really had affected me and it does still affect me in my relationships now right have you been back to therapy since on and off Yeah. yeah um when when I was younger that's what helped me a lot too was those group therapies and mm-hmm. then um I started doing individual therapy mm-hmm. um once especially after my dad had passed away um I ended up going back to therapy and doing individual therapy and that helped for a little while and then ever since there, I, I feel like I've always been in and out of therapy like yeah. all these years you know um 
And I felt like it's helped me here and there. Mm -hmm. But it's so hard when, you know, life just happens and you have to take care of your kids. And there's not always a lot of time for yourself. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So your family does know about your abuse. Yes. Like your close family. My close family, yes. My um I could say I wouldn't know if my sister truly knows. Mhm. Cuz I've never told her. Right. And I never told her like my side or anything like that. Um from what I know is her dad has talked to her and mm-hmm. um I know that he's kind of told her it was like basically I was lying and stuff so I don't really know what she knows and I've never had the courage to talk to her about it Mm -hmm. so I really don't know if my sister and my brother are the ones that I don't think they know is your so your brother that's not his father no different dads yeah okay which his um his dad was actually really big of my support system um when I was younger who really protected me Aww. as a kid from him from yeah. her dad mm-hmm. so um he knew about my abuse you know yeah have you ever been able as an adult to confront your sister's dad and like let him know like how it affected you and you know how you feel about it and about him like saying that you were a liar stuff like that i could i could tell you i've lashed out Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't think it's more of like a confront i feel like um i've had run into him at a like a bar Mm -hmm. you know a local bar um and at the time i was with uh with my husband at the time yeah and i remember i lashed out i saw him and his his wife Mm -hmm. and i remember i was saying like and of course, you know, I had been drinking. So I remember telling him, like, you abused me as a little kid and, you know, you touched me inappropriately. I remember just lashing, completely lashing out at him. And he was just saying that I was lying. Like, she's lying, like telling the girlfriend that he was with then, you know, it's his wife now, but the girlfriend then, she's lying, you know, that never happened. Mm-hmm. And I remember just my husband at the time getting me out of that area, you know? Yeah. But I've never had a one-on-one, you know, sit with him, talk to him about it or confronted him in any other way. I mean, I've I've been around him so many times, mm-hmm. you know, for my sister's functions, you know, like her wedding that she just had not too long ago. Yeah. You know, special events for my sister. I've been around him. You know, I just don't sit there and conversate with him right. or anything like that. So it is a little awkward, you know. Yeah. And it could, you know, it, but I always felt like I had to be the bigger person and I always wanted to be there, at least for my sister, you know? Yeah. Have you ever considered like bringing charges against him or are you just kind of, you know, past that? I guess I'm, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I've always had it in my head where it's a little too late, mm-hmm. you know, and I wouldn't want to hurt my sister in that way you know I felt I remember how it was for me to have my dad in prison all my life and taken away from me you know taken away from me and as long as he never did anything to hurt her Mm -hmm. then I was okay you know what I mean and I've always had conversations with my sister like you know when we were young like nobody does anything to you right no one like and she would be like no like really like surprised why am I asking these Mm -hmm. questions yeah. Do you think that he has like any other victims or do you think that you're the only one? I don't think I am the only one. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Um, I just don't know who who else would be. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I've heard little things here and there, like from maybe his family members, like of they kind of did believe me, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what makes me think that there was right and maybe nothing's ever been said right um so i think that's what i think you know that i I wasn't the only one yeah and i just think that maybe i was a target because i'm not his child right you know right i mean not only that but like you know for him to have so much time with you alone that makes you 
an easy target as well. Exactly. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so you have children, correct? I do. Yes. I have two boys. Do you think that your, um, your abuse as a child affects your relationship with your children? Hmm. I don't, I mean, the only thing is, is like I'm more protective with them, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I think I kind of observe other people around them. Right. You know, um, I guess I look for, for things like that, but I mean, I feel even though I, it's probably not the best, but I mean, I always think like, oh, they're boys, you know, like I think if I would have had girls, mm -hmm. it would have been a lot more different than it is with right. my boys. But even though I know boys can be abused too or sexually abused, right. I feel like with them, I mean, especially at their age now, um, they would be more open. Like they have their father, you know what I mean, too, that they would be able to, to talk to and right. be more open with and me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I felt like they had both of us to go to if something was happening. But I feel like, no, I mean, I feel – we we're pretty close together with them, you know what I mean, and raised them that we made sure that they were safe. So I felt right. more of a comfort with that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't feel like, yeah, no, it didn't really affect my relationship like with them, with showing them love or anything like that. Okay. I mean, we're very, very close and affectionate family. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, I feel like that's how, I mean, they show me affections in certain ways too, you know what I mean? Like, oh, they'll give me hugs and, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, But no, I feel like it's, I don't know if it's maybe just closer to my kids where I feel a stronger bond with them, you know what I mean? Like more protective yeah. with them. Yeah. I just was asking because, you know, with me, like with my children, mm -hmm. I, I kind of have a hard time showing affection and... I don't know. It just makes me uncomfortable. And I don't know. Is it because you're afraid of what they might? Is it because of what happened to you? Like you're afraid with them and they may see it yes. appropriately? Or? Yes. I oh, think okay. because like, you know, my abuser was my dad. So it's like, I guess even now, even though I know like the difference between right and wrong, I just mm -hmm. kind of feel like, um, I don't know, I guess. With him, obviously, it was inappropriate affection. I just, like, don't even want to get anywhere near there. So I just, I don't know. I just feel like I have a hard time showing affection. Do you, is it, do you have boys and girls or just? Yes, I have two boys oh, okay. and two girls. But it's and like is it with the same. Oh, it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad, like, I mean, that has to be hard, too, because then you're not feeling, like, that full potential, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And it blocks you from ever, like, really showing right. truly, like, how you feel towards them, you know? Right, right. Um, So, if you were provided the opportunity to give an impact statement to your abuser, what key things would you want to include in your impact statement like why would it what would i want to tell him yeah like the most important things um the most important things that you would include to really let him know like how it affected you or how you feel about him or you know stuff yeah. like that i mean that's a tough one i I would have to say that, you know, I couldn't, like, I would, I couldn't believe, like, everything that he's done to me, mm -hmm. you know, and that it's really impacted my life, um, my relationships, and yeah, I mean, it's made me stronger as a person, as an individual, to know that I gotten past this, um, and I mean, I just couldn't believe that he would hurt me in that way, right. you know? Um, I don't know. That's really tough. I've never really even thought about even telling him anything, you know? Yeah. 
Um, that is that is really tough. I'm just glad that, to be honest, that maybe I am glad that it was me, you know, and not my sister. Yeah. You know, um, that I can definitely say, even though it's like probably a shitty way to say it. But no, I get it. I've I thought that way for, you know, a long time, all the way up until my 20s. And then um, when my sister started getting serious with her boyfriend, I was like, okay, I know she wants to have kids because she um, was kind of talking about it. So one day I just texted her and I said, hey, um, I know that you're getting really serious with your boyfriend. And I just wanted to let you know before you had children, like our dad abused us. You know, I would hate for you to bring your children around him and something happened. So I just kind of wanted to give you a heads up and um, you know, just be careful. And that's when she was like, the same thing happened to me. So it wasn't really? until, yeah, it wasn't until I was almost 30 that me and her knew that we had both been a victim of his. So, you know, the whole time I'm like, okay, thank God it was me and it wasn't her, but it was her. Yeah. It was her, it was his girlfriend's um, grandchildren, like, you know, nobody wanted to come forward, but we found that out later. But it's like, you know, you you thank God that it was you, but you But know. then yeah, I mean I mean I guess I've always like with my sister, I mean, I can't even say like if I know for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's just that I've never had the courage to ever talk to her. I, I've I was hoping one day, you know, mm-hmm. soon in the soon future, in the near future, is that I would be able to talk to her about it I just wouldn't want her to shut me out did she ever ask you about it no no yeah no um no she 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 hasn't and I don't know if she's too afraid to bring that up with Mm -hmm. me you know yeah um we're not the closest I can say like we're barely like where we've really Build on our relationship as we got older, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because of such the huge age gap, you know, we've, you know, I was out of the house a lot sooner than you know she was little, and I just like the first chance that I got to get out, I got out, you know. Yeah. So like for me, I wasn't always around, and I'm still not always around, you know, uh, my family as much, you know, just because of all that. Like I've always felt a little different. You know, yeah. Um, and yeah, like I told you, like I've I've held a lot of resentment. Yeah. So it's very hard for me to be like in the same place, you know, as some people, and you know, so that's why I kind of stay away just for the sake of others. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I don't feel that type of way, or I don't trigger like nothing triggers me, you know, and yeah, and sets me in that place, you know. I mean, and you won't, you don't want to put yourself in. I guess a relationship to where it's like, I don't know, I guess you feel betrayed or. Yes, betrayed. And and that's what I've already felt. You know what I mean? Like from my own mom and stuff. And I feel like I don't want to put myself. Yeah. I mean, I already put myself in that vulnerable state before, you know, and I felt like it's never really gotten me anywhere. Um. I feel like it's like even like with my struggles as I was growing up, you know, with, you know, the alcohol, trying to cope with it and everything else that it's put a real strain on my relationships with others, you know, mm-hmm. to to even be around that. But it's like right now, it's like I've been for a long time now just really working on myself and just trying to overcome that and be, you know, this is what kind of happened in the past mm-hmm. and like to try to move on from it. It's just really hard when certain things do trigger it, you know, yeah, get completely over it. Yeah. I feel like you have to really expose all of those parts of you in order mm-hmm. to really start healing from it. You know, when you leave stuff buried, you can't really like move forward because it's still down there exactly yeah so like as far as a relationship with your mom you guys are not really you guys we're not we're not really close or yeah I mean I see the relationship she has with my sister and my brother it's it's completely different you know than what I'm I grew up with Mm -hmm. you know so I don't I've tried you know with her Mm -hmm. and we try over and over and over 
Um, and I love my mom, you know, don't get me wrong. I do like, I do thank her for still, you know, raising me as a teenage single mom, you know? Right. Um, but it's just hard for me to like keep pushing through, you know what I mean? I guess, I guess I've always wanted her to take accountability Yes. For the things that have happened to me and to like really sincerely apologize. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if I don't get that, there's no really moving forward if someone's really not going to take that accountability. Yeah. You know, so I think that's what I really have a hard time on moving forward with her like completely and really, really working on the relationship. Yeah. And it sucks for you because, I mean, you're not the one that's at fault. You were a child. Yeah, and later, and it feels like that. You know what I mean? It has, and I had to keep telling myself like it's not, it's not my fault. You know that this has happened Mm -hmm. for a long time. I really did. You know, like, am I the one that, you know, did I do something? You know what I mean Mm -hmm. to make it seem like that's what I wanted? You know? Yeah. But as I got older, I was just like, no, that this is wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not right. This was completely wrong. Like this guy wasn't a man I'm a child Mm -hmm. you know yeah and I think that's part of our process too like we try to find excuses why it happened like my dad was an alcoholic like I was like okay maybe he was drunk maybe he wasn't getting laid like that's not our problem to deal with they're adults exactly yeah so and that's that's hard I feel like we're yeah you're right always trying to come up with mm -hmm. excuses you know for others for why they treated us the way that they have, you know? Yeah, because we don't want to be the bad guy. Exactly. And we're the yeah. victim. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I completely agree. So from telling your story, like, what are you hoping to gain? I'm hoping to gain, like, like I told you, that confidence um, to finally, like, talk to my sister, you yeah. know? And... You know, not out of, you know, anger or anything like that, but just like to talk to her, to really tell her my side, to get that courage to at least tell her so that I can have some type of peace and closure with it. Right. Um, so that she knows my part, that I'm, you know, not lying mm-hmm. and, you know, really just to find it in my heart that I'm able to like close that chapter in my life and just keep pushing forward. You know what I mean? Like some peace. Yeah. There. Yeah, because your side deserves to be told and it deserves to be heard. Like, you didn't do anything wrong, but it kind of seems like all the blame is being put on you. Yeah, and that's just the thing is just like I feel like I never really got justice for the things that have happened to me. Right. If anything, I've always got the blame for it. Right. Is how it felt. And I've always felt like I had the – I'm the one that suffered the repercussions Mm -hmm. of it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And I felt like he's never been, I mean, look at him now. He's got to live his life that he's always wanted with my sister, his own family. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I see it. And sometimes it's like, you know, like not being jealous, but it's like that, oh, you're able to get past anything and move on and be happy with with your life. You know, nothing seems to affect him. Yeah. And that's not fair. Yeah. And that's where I want to find that peace in my heart where it's just like, I want it to be known where he did do this to me. I wasn't lying. And you know what I mean? Like to find that peace in my heart to be able to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, I did hear too, like where, you know, some people are able to move on, like forgiving mm-hmm. those. And and I, I think like that's where in my heart that I have already. And it it's crazy because like I've been able to forgive him and be like in the same spot, in the same area as him, mm-hmm. you know, and not – hold so much, you know, I, I'm able to compose myself, yeah. you know, and be in situations like that. And I feel like it's crazy how like I can't do that with my mom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, for a long time, like I wanted to forgive, um, especially when I was like really involved in the church. Like, You know, I really want to be able to forgive him and move past it because, you know, everything's about forgiveness and stuff like that. Um, But I'm at a spot now where it's like I will never forgive him and I'm okay with that. Like, I feel like I shouldn't have that pressure and neither should you to like 
be able to forgive somebody who's hurt you so bad? Mm-hmm. I think I feel like I've, I have a forgiveness that like it's for an extent, like honestly, like where I put it aside for, you know, my sister's well-being, you know, and to be a part of her life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> well, I just want, is there anything else that you would like to um, maybe mention or? No, I think I just wanted just to, you know, thank you for giving me the opportunity at least to talk to you, you know, um, and share kind of your experience with it. And, you know, it kind of helped me where I feel like, you know, I'm not alone. It's not where, you know, I'm sure there's many other victims out mm -hmm. there that this has happened to and they feel that way, you know, like they feel that they are alone and they're not. <laughs> Right. You know, no matter how many years have passed, you know, um, so I just, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're okay. I just want to thank you for the opportunity to talk to you and you hearing me out, you know? Yeah. And I, I want to thank you for, you know, coming on here. You have no idea who I am. I don't know who you are, but for you to be able to trust me and, you know, come on and tell your story, like, I appreciate it. And I just want to let you know, like how strong you are for doing that. Thank you. You are too. Like, thank you. You gave me the courage to really voice myself, you know? Yeah. And I hope you keep that momentum going and, you know, you uh, handle all the things emotionally that you feel like you need to handle. Yeah. Thank you. I am. Every day is a process, <laughs> a work in progress, you know? So yeah. every day is a new day and stuff, you know, I just got to push forward and, and thank you for your time and everything, you know? Yeah, of course. Well, it was nice talking to you, and maybe we'll talk in the future. Yes, yes. Thank you. All right. Have a good Bye. night. You too. Bye-bye. That concludes tonight's episode. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at CSA underscore Trauma Tribe. And if you feel like you want to share your story, email me at ChelseaMark3191 at gmail.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A. M-A-R-K 3191 at gmail.com. If you or someone you know may be experiencing sexual assault, please contact the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 800-656-4673. Or you can chat online at online.rain.org. That's online dot r-a-i-n-n dot org you are my sunshine my sunshine you made me happy